Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Well, hey there. Thanks for joining us and tuning in. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Can you relate to this? Our guest today was born into a copper spoon childhood. He received all the material possessions needed, but lacked emotional comfort and guidance. This led, of course, to anxiety and depression far before he knew what they were. He was overweight and hated himself. He felt worthless and not deserving of love. He was bullied constantly, given the nickname Short fat with glasses. As an adult, his addictions turned into drugs, alcohol, and sex. He's been jailed, survived abusive relationships of all kinds, and has miraculously turned it all around. Meet Robert Grigor. Robert today is a world-class mental health expert. He is a registered clinical counselor, certified EMDR therapist, an approved EMDR consultant, a published author, and the owner and CEO of Grigor Counseling. I am so excited for this conversation. Help me welcome, it's right there. It is Robert Grigor. So good to see you, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate you really um, going there, as they say. And I know when we were talking before we hit record, I get it. I, I could have been reading my own bio, my own version of my childhood. And I know that we all have, whether it's those specific things they're all relatable. We can all relate. Before we get into all of that, I want to set the stage. Just first, we use the term EMDR. I know that that stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It's a form of therapy. Just give us the quick view, and then we can bump past it and come back. But what is EMDR in a nutshell? Yeah, I get that a lot because you know, who's heard of EMDR, right? So it's a, it's an actual form of therapy, which is an accelerated form of neurological processing. Essentially, what EMDR does is we look at the foundational memories that are responsible for someone's current state of distress 
their negative beliefs about themselves, their problematic behaviors, addictions, you know, all of that ucky stuff, all that distress that we're feeling, it's all due to earlier experiences. And EMDR goes way back and we heal all of that stuff and allow the individual to come into their full, you know, uh, authentic self. Wow. And you could, in essence, heal all that. That's what I'm interested in learning. Your, this I really like, your Facebook page the bio there says, I eliminate your worst pain and radically accelerate your human evolution. Now that's somebody I want a friend on Facebook. What, is this, what does this mean? You can radically accelerate our human evolution. So what I've discovered is that when we all have this goal, this dream, this potential that we, everybody has this ability to be this incredible person and they're completely unique to that individual. And what stands in the way of becoming your best self are those things that I eliminate, it's the pain. We're, we're in this fog of you know, negative beliefs that we have about ourselves, maybe I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy of love, or I'm going to fail, or if people really knew the real me, they wouldn't like me, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can go on for days about that. And this forms a, a fog, and it's really a ceiling that we can't go past unless we eliminate these negative beliefs. Uh, you know, a lot of people spend decades and decades trying to get through this fog and for me this fog is really this is really just one rung on that ladder on that mountain that we're trying to climb and there's so much more waiting for the individual but we have to clear that stuff first and allow the individual to take off and i do this very very quickly i eliminate one piece of that pain in a weekend for people and then my radical evolution that I take the individuals through is taking them through you know, every step of their journey. And I do it in a, in a year, which is very, very quick considering you know, people take decades and decades and decades. So it's, it's radical evolution. We're going fast and we're going far. So Larry Roberts, who's tuning in, he wrote, we're getting too deep, too quick. And he wrote this five minutes ago of our now six minute interview. So I think he's talking about right out of the gate, the bio I read and where we're going. Larry, if you thought that was deep, that was light, we're going, come on, get your scuba gear on. We are descending. Who's with me? Here's my question, because I, I know, um, having lived all this, and my goodness, I'm in my 40s. I, it took me four decades to get over it, so I get it. And sometimes it takes a lifetime, and unfortunately, some people just don't. How do we begin to address that fact in relation to we as human beings logically know what it will take to overcome these patterns, these habits that verbally we say, I don't like this. I don't want to be this person. I don't like this about me. I want change. Yet, you know, I know, we all know it's difficult. It doesn't happen so easily. And we just resort 
to the same patterns, even though we're kicking and screaming, why am I doing this? I don't want this to be the case. So yeah, I can work with you for a year and then consider it done. I could step up and take the actions in theory. What's the missing? What really needs to be said, done, considered, happen for the change to take effect? We know what has to happen, but why doesn't it take hold? What's that missing piece? It's a great question. And I think you're really hitting on what is holding people back from there you go. actually climbing that ladder. You know what? There's only two ways to approach any choice, any decision in life. And that's either through fear or through love. That's it. It's very simple. And what holds people back from transcending their limitations is fear. The fear of the unknown, the fear of what is it going to happen? What's going to happen to me? It's fear of safety. It's fear of even themselves, fear of the future, fear of being successful, fear, like fear can hold us back in so many ways. And what needs to happen is we need to eliminate that fear. And, you know, that, that fear can really grip us. And I think that what holds people back is just that sometimes we're more comfortable with the fear that we know, right? This is security yeah. to me. I, I might not be happy, but I know it well. What was your specific? We went through your childhood, your upbringing, your adolescence, your adulthood, and all the iterations of how it impacted you. What was that defining moment for you that finally allowed you coming out successfully on the other side? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of them. Um, I, I, I believed that I was worthless. I believed that I was not capable. I wasn't good enough. And, uh, and really that I didn't belong, mm -hmm. which is such, you know, these are to for me, this is an existential, you know, experience. I don't belong here. I don't belong in this world. I don't belong in this life. I don't belong with this group of people. I don't belong, you know, I don't belong as a successful entrepreneur. I don't belong as a successful psychotherapist. So there's so much, you know, that's, that's held in that feeling of belonging. So being able to, when I broke through all of that, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm transcending on my journey. I know I'm not there yet. But, you know, there is certainly I've come a long way and uh, it's by eliminating that particular fear, it's allowing me to just step into who I am. And now I believe that I belong anywhere I go. It doesn't matter where I am. I might not know everything about the people that I'm hanging out with or I might have a lot to learn, but I don't feel like I'm somehow in the wrong place. I don't feel like I'm somehow, you know, an imposter in this situation. Does was that make there, sense? Yeah. Was there something uh, and some things that had to be that first step? Like when you were deep in the depression and addiction, like I know so many of us could relate mm -hmm. to their own version of, what was that first? Was it I'm going to stop doing this or was it I'm going to start doing that? Yeah. So I, I got a story for you. Um, it was, uh, I was with a past girlfriend of mine and this was one of the abusive relationships that uh, you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. there was, uh, 
some physical abuse, there was some emotional abuse, uh, it's called names on a regular basis. And um, I've got a little bit of a longer nose for some people. And, you know, she used to often say, I'm going to knock that thing right off your face. Oh, my. So, you know, this is, and at the time, you know, I thought that that's what I deserved. That was, that was fine for me. That was my existence. And that was, that was me. That was normal. Wow. That was normal. Exactly. So then uh, I took her on this trip into the Caribbean and we had, you know, a little minor fight at the beginning of of the day. And that had kind of, which was normal for us. And it kind of snowballed into the evening and then. Um, it turned into a big fight, probably the biggest fight of my life. And she, you know, she called me some horrible words and, you know, touched on my deepest insecurities, um, around me, around my sexuality, around my, my thoughts about my, she was basically picking out, you know, those negative beliefs I'm worthless. She, she reflected them back to me as evidence that I am in fact worthless. And um, I just snapped. I said, and I started calling her names, unfortunately, but, you know, it's a way of protecting myself. And um, if I could go back in time, I probably would do things a lot differently. But the fight turned into her actually um, heading into the, into the hotel room. And um, I was by the balcony and she... I guess snapped herself and she charged me at the balcony and she actually leaped off the balcony. And luckily I was, cause I was standing right there. I grabbed her in, you know, mid leap and pulled her back into the apartment or the, the hotel room and uh, you know, had to, to wait until security came. It was just, it was an awful experience. Like it was so bad. And I spent the next, four to five hours drinking heavily at the hotel pool bar, um, you know, making a great commercial for the hotel, of course, right? I'm crying and I'm just, you know, it looked awful. But in that moment, I recognize that I am just, I, I'm worth more than that. I deserve more than this. You that was a- the first step. Yeah, so the acknowledgement and the ability to see finally clear that, wow, this is not it. Maybe it was your rock bottom, as they say, but you're finally able to say, no, this is not me. This is not who I am. You made an interesting comment uh, by saying in that moment, especially, and I'm sure in many moments, she was reflecting back to you your biggest fears and insecurities that you held close, that you wore as the label to identify as, and that you believed. Isn't that exactly, for better or worse, what we get every moment of our lives? We could acknowledge the opposite of that when we're our best, when we're showing up perfectly, beautifully, lovingly, giving that the world also reflects that back to us, that miraculously we then find ourselves surrounded by the most incredible people because we are. So aren't we all always just a mirror reflecting into our existence, into our experience, exactly what we need to, be, to, to see and be shown in that moment because we are giving that out and asking for it back. 
I could not agree with you more, Josh. You know, when you said mirror, that's exactly how I feel about it, that we, we are energetic beings and we have pain that needs to be healed. And we reflect you know, into the universe. We, we, we're projecting this pain and, and, and we're, somehow we attract the exact situations and circumstances that we need in order to overcome this particular limitation that we have or this particular pain point that we have and you know sometimes we can do that on our own and then sometimes we need a little help and i think that that was you know that was the first moment for me and i recognized okay this is not okay i i need some help so at that after that moment then I went into therapy and it was talk therapy that I went to first. Um, and you know, there was four years of, of, of it and plus, and, but I, I gathered a sense of myself that I was, you know, it was worth more than that. And, and I started learning a little bit about boundaries, but you're right. This, we, we are walking, talking mirrors of our internal self that is projected onto our external world. If you believe there's even a difference between the two, because yes. you know, we can look at it like it's all reality. It's all consciousness, all of it. Yes. Sing it, preach it, say it. I'm, I'm right there with you. And my, my awakening, so to speak, was my two children. It's a big part of my story. That, that was the mirror I needed to reflect back to me so significantly because up until that point, you know, any other family members or girlfriends or coworkers, whatever, didn't quite give me what I needed to put the change significantly and once and for all into effect. But now two children looking back at me made it abundantly clear. That was the, the, the big trigger for me to say, no, no, no. I see what's happening. I'm the child in this circle and I'm, I'm better than that. I got some work to do. I'm going to do it. I'll be right back. You guys continue playing because you're perfection right? Which I believe. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, like you said, whatever, if your external world is chaotic, external world is chaotic. I might argue that yeah, I should look within and see what kind of chaos is going on within first to bring that into your reality. I completely agree with you there again, too. You know, the, the internal and the external are all, they're so connected. And, you know, if your external world is chaotic, I'm going to guarantee you that the internal world is chaotic, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't put up with that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Children. Oh, I'm, I'm a new father. Actually, my son just turned one. Oh, beautiful. And the same thing happened with me, too. When I uh, when I howled him for the first time, I think the first time I was like, oh my God, this is real. I'm a dad and, you know, uh, holy, this is amazing. And then like a week later, I recognized, oh, wow, I am really responsible for this human life. So the response, so, so the, my own internal responsibility dropped a huge, you know, place where I recognized that I'll, I really got to do this more than I was before. Let's yeah. step up and let's step out and let's actually create the legacy that this child deserves to have in their, in his life. So, and, and children, they are, they are perfect mirrors of love. They are like, they are, they're, I should say they're beacons of love. They, they are pure, they're innocent and they're just sponges. And 
it's also scary for some people too when you when you see your negative habits coming and reflecting in those children and that can be a huge wake up call sometimes for people to recognize oh wow i really need to change because i'm impacting these other humans yeah well it goes back to even when we do go through that cycle and that circle of I got to change and then you try and you try and then you quickly find yourself back into those habits and you're like, well, what am I doing? I got to change. I got to change. Yeah, our intentions are pure perhaps, but just just making that switch, as you said, it's it's fear or love and that's what it's what was it about for me. I had tremendous fear and until I acknowledged I have to step through and work through the fear and understand that that's the only thing holding me back, that there are real, no real limitations in this world. And I, I want more for myself and it's my responsibility. It's a big word too for us all. It's all, it's nobody else's fault, right? Zero. It's all our fault. Tom Bill, you actually put it that specific way. He loves saying and wearing that, that mantra everything is my fault everything is my fault tough pill for some to swallow but it uh, i subscribe to it it makes good sense when you understand the meaning really behind it and uh, it's empowering yeah yeah absolutely it's um i i think about for somebody to step through that fear and to really take it on something has to matter more than that fear. Mm. So, you know, and it's so easy to go back into those patterns and we go back into those patterns because they are what kept us alive at a certain point. They're what kept us secure at a certain point. We didn't develop that stuff out of nowhere. It all comes from earlier life experiences with mom and dad and I've now discovered their mom and dads and their mom and dads and and forward and back and back and back through the generations as it comes forward. So these are, these are negative traditions, negative cultural experiences that are passed down that has to be changed within that family. And it is so easy to find security in those experiences that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, my addictions, my, my early addictions kept me feeling secure. There were video games and TV. And later I found pornography and food, all these things made me feel good or better than I was feeling. And so my brain says, okay, Robert, when you feel fear or when you feel anxiety, when you feel some kind of distress, oh, you can get rid of it by using X, Y, and Z. You know, later became alcohol, became drugs, became sex. And it's just so easy. They're quick fixes, right? In our world, we're, we're so attracted to quick fixes. Let's just pop a pill and I'm going to sleep now. Just pop a pill, I'm going to feel better. Or, you know, let's just, oh, there's a, there's a beer over there. I'll drink that. I'm going to feel better. And then suddenly, yeah, you do. It's true. You do feel a little bit better. And so then your brain says, well, Robert, good job. Do it again exactly the same way next time you feel fear. So let's but, talk about EMDR specifically. Um, give me, I mean, I'm, I'm here, you're there. If you can, use me as an example. So I come to you just so we can get the experience of what it's like. I come to you uh, as a new client or uh, patient. 
I don't know how you refer to your people. Both are fine. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm not hung up too much on the yeah. labels. Yeah, great. Uh, so, um, so I, I come to you, and I I want to go down this road. Um, how do we begin? What does it look like? What am I doing? Yeah, so um, I often ask, you know, what do you want? What do you want? What does your heart want for you in your world? And if you haven't answered, great. Then I'm going to ask you, what's holding you back from that? So that's, that's, that's identifying. If you already know where the top of that mountain is, then we're going to find out what's holding you back. Alternatively, you might say, Robert, I am having panic attacks. I'm having, you know, um, I can't, uh, I can't speak in public, which would be really bad for you. Let's say, you know, your issue was all of a sudden you, you had a difficulty doing your podcast show out of nowhere. You don't know why. Wow. And you'd come to me and then you say, this is what's happening. I'm going to ask you, what does it mean about you that you can't speak in, you know, on, on the, on the mic, what, what does it mean about you? This is going to lead into the negative belief that's actually hmm. in, in charge of you in these moments. And this literally is a neurological sequence. It is like a filing system that's in your brain that is, has all kinds of experiences attached to it. So let's say I'm just going to guess this for, for you. Let's, let's just say if, if you had trouble with the mic, it was um, um, maybe, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, maybe you had an experience that triggered that and now, right? I don't, I don't really know what that is just yet, but right. okay, so I'm not good enough. Then from there, I'm going to, well, if you choose to work with me and I choose to work with you, we would look at all the life experiences that, made you believe that that were pivotal and your brain already knows there's almost no work that you as the as the client or the patient would have to do you just let your brain do it because it's such an organic process the brain wants to heal itself it can't wait to heal itself and it will just come it's very very it's it's kind of silly how simple it is it just comes up Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. So I like how you start with what do you want? It's the big picture, which in, in life and in business and in these kinds of scenarios, we neglect that 
necessary and important step, just knowing, okay, what am I going for? What's the end result? What's the goal? What's a goal? What's the overriding goal? What do I want out of all this? We're not clear on it. So I love establishing that. And then it can be a mix of what I want and what what the issues and problems are. So then you help through words, um, identify it, but then how, how and when does the EMDR portion happen and take place? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the beginning of it is, is we you get it your identify work, right? and, and yeah. right, building the relationship and all that it has to happen in therapy. And then, you know, when, when we're very clear on what the person is struggling with, because I always get two kinds of people. Either you know they know what they want, they just can't get there, or they're so stuck behind their fog and they can't see anything else except for what's right in front of them. We're gonna find out that negative belief. Then, you know, technically in the EMDR world, it, EMDR is starting from the moment that we first talk, right? When, when you when you pick up the the phone to call me, or we have that first consultation, it's beginning there. It's an eight phase protocol where you know we're getting history from the client, we're getting um, some a sense that we're going to assess what's what's going to actually uh, what we're going to be working on, where we're going to be going together. There's going to be some preparation phases that we have to go through, which is basically teaching you some coping strategies just to manage stress um, while we go through the process. As it comes up, we have something we can use to bring it down if we need it. Um, then, and th by the way, this is all the what I call the old style of EMDR, which is, you know, what I'm, what I'm trained in, but I'm doing something a little bit differently these days myself. When people say EMDR, they're really talking about the stuff that looks weird, right? And it looks weird. I tell all of my clients that, be, I, I ask, do you know what EMDR looks like? And if they say yes, then great, I don't have to talk about it so much. But if they, usually it's no, what does that look like? And I was like, well, what would happen is, so we were doing this in person, I'd be sitting, in front of you off to the side and I would literally be waving my hand back and forth in front of your face and you'd be following my hand with your eyes back and forth back and forth back and forth and what that's doing is when you're in your right eye is connected to the left side of your brain and your left eye to the right side of your brain as you're tracking my hand back and forth we're activating both hemispheres of the brain in alternating fashion and that is going to be allowing that stuck information from the past, those negative experiences, the traumas, like when I was bullied, all that stuff is going to become unlocked and allow itself to move and finally be processed the way it needs to be processed. So that, that fun part, which really is why people, are, that's why they want to, you know, they're, they're obviously they're here for the results, but you want to go through that. That, that can happen very quickly for some people and for some other people, it could take a little bit of time. As long as you have those skills ahead of time, if you've already maybe been meditating or you know how to do some deep breathing, then we can really hop into that desensitization stage a lot quicker. So like any other, am I hearing this correctly? Like any other therapeutic experience, it is required to really bring the experience to the forefront, stop suppressing it, moving it aside, uh, and, and really experience it so you can work emotionally through it so it finally heals? Yeah, exactly. We have to bring it up. EMDR is very different than other types of therapy, though. I do have to put that out there. 
Um, when I was going through talk therapy, and there's nothing against talk therapists because I loved my therapist and all that, but what happens is if you bring up a traumatic or a very negative experience and all you do is talk about it, that can be re-traumatizing for the individual. Like literally almost every single time I left my therapy sessions with my talk therapist, I went straight to the bar to drink. Wow. I was so distressed after my sessions because I was talking about some really deep stuff. So back to the fear question at the beginning of our podcast, that's, that is terrifying for a lot of people. You mean, I'm going to have to talk about my, this horrible experience and, and you know, what's going to come up after we experience it. If you don't have a way of eliminating that distress quickly, which is what EMDR does, then it's therapy becomes a very scary, you know, experience for people. Wow. I know that for me, when all the stars finally aligned after four plus decades and my children were there reflecting back that I am not going to live my days as this kind of father, as this kind of person where we know children just replicate the environment they're in. That's their job. That's what they do. And I was aware enough to say, I'm not going to be 15, 20 years down the line here. Now I'm an empty nester. And my children grew up with this insecure, weak, feeble of a person father. And that's now who they've become. Oh, that would have just been devastating. Mm. So all things aligned. And I was able to, to take the responsibility, take the steps and the actions by evaluating all of my negative habits, patterns, beliefs, et cetera. And then slowly but surely start replacing them one at a time. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to the gym and say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by next week because we know how that, oh, see, it doesn't work. Forget it. What's the use? I was like, I'm just going to do this one thing at a time. Quick side note, I used to bite my nails for mm -hmm. years terrible habit, right? Atrocious. It just perpetuates. Oh, you see, I'm embarrassed. I, oh, people look at me and they're like, right? which it is. It is blood. It's terrible. But that's why I was doing it somewhere back here, right? To keep that image of, I'm not, okay. So, but the point of this part is when I started replacing all these different habits and patterns slowly but surely and doing things better and more positively and productively, biting my nails just went away. I didn't have to say, okay, now I'm going to focus on not biting my That just was a byproduct of all the good. So do you see things like that? That It's almost like the domino effect, right? That things compound and just start increasing like that. 100%, 100%. When, when any of those symptoms, I look at them all as symptoms. Biting your nails is not, it's a problematic behavior, but it's not the main issue, right? It's the negative belief that's causing you to do, to, um, to do that behavior. So when you eliminate the negative belief, suddenly the behavior just disappears. Mm. And you did that you know, my hat's off to you. You did that over a lot of time. You said four decades of, you know, replacing, you know, one behavior at a time, one, one piece at a time, which well, is, well, well, that was over a few years and continually, but I was stuck for decades in the negative and the I, bad, bad person that I didn't 
you know, want to be. And, oh, why am I this person? Why doesn't anybody relate to me? Why don't I belong? It's like, well, that's the, I'm reinforcing that inside. I'm saying, but I showed up that way and got mirrored back to me what I was really feeling in all those moments. Do you feel in your line of work that with all of that effort for the client, are there are there physical things that need to be replaced and lifestyle changes or do they just naturally come or how do you address that? It's a good question. Mostly it's uh, natural. Mostly the individual knows what they should be doing, quote unquote, right? And they're just exactly. not doing it. So the brain already has that script. They already has where it needs to go. It just needs to be realigned so it can get onto that pathway. But when you, so when you eliminate those negative beliefs, you eliminate the, what's holding that track from progressing along that, along up that mountain, for example, um, those behaviors just naturally occur. And it's so beautiful to watch the individual just naturally step into the way that they really want it to be. And they know that they can do that. Um, you know, for example, uh, I work with leaders. So business leaders, uh, athletic leaders, and, and also in the film industry. So, you know, um, for example, one of my clients was struggling with um, being a leader. She didn't really believe that she deserved to be running a team. And, you know, she was kind of, you know, number two, there was one employee that was just, you know, gave her and, and like way down on the hierarchy, if, you, if um, for those business organizations that run on hierarchies. Um, yeah, and she just let her run the show. And when we eliminated the negative belief, I'm not good enough, you know, I and then she actually believed I am enough and I'm worthy of love. Suddenly, she became a leader. And what I help with if the client is missing a little bit of that information that's necessary, those skills, maybe how to communicate better, because this is all learned over time. So then there might be a little puzzle piece that I put in there so that my client can have that track to run down. You mentioned that this is typically, if you look down the or up the line of the generations, uh, this is a pattern in generations prior. And if it's not stopped, certainly it'll continue. Is what you're talking about the way to put a break in it? Or is there an additional layer that has to happen? So, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. What I do is I'm going to work with that one individual first to stop the chain of events, right? We'd have to stop this wave that's just being passed down, you know, from generation to generation. So that individual has to make that courageous step to change their patterns. And then as that individual goes through this journey with me, I'll be pulling in different family members to actually change the family as a oh, wow. whole. Because I look at the family legacy, each individual is a pillar in that legacy holding up this pattern. And it could be as, you know, gosh, there's so many things that families struggle with, you know, resentment, passive aggression, you know, and, and just, 
you know, the picture of the family that's, you know, all smiles at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, but really on the inside, you know, they're shooting daggers with their eyes at each other and you're rolling their eyes when somebody says it just, so there's, you know, we can eliminate that stuff. Every individual can go through the same process and then the, the entire legacy is going to change from something that caused shame and, and pain and, you know, these ways that they interact with other people and the way that they view, you know, um, their employees, the way that they view their, their spouse, the way that they view their siblings and their friends, all that stuff can change. And yeah, this way that I work, it does that. And it's, it's powerful. You brought up the S word, very powerful, shame. And I know that that's huge for so many of us in so many different ways that we just perpetuate that, like, yeah, I knew it. It is something to be shameful of. Even if we try to tiptoe out and see, we'll sabotage or find something that reiterate. Nope, nope, it's, it's a shameful act. That's not me. And what I've realized is I was wearing this label and multiple labels, really, that I put on myself, but you think that this is how the world is seeing you, but it's really the opposite. It's how you are choosing to step into the world and then seeing the mirror effect, everything supporting and reiterating your fears and doubts and concerns to begin with based on the label that you self-identified and put on. So I realized that I'm wearing this and I'm showing up as this insecure uncapable person and the world was reflecting that back to me until i realized wait a minute i'm i'm doing this now if i show up a little more powerfully and demonstrate the skill and the talent that i'm really capable of because that's what was causing all of this internal struggle knowing deep down that i'm capable of so much more but i keep reiterating all this nonsense to myself do you find that that that's a that's a, an approach for people to really get a grasp on the change we so desperately look for is to know that we are self-identifying and putting the label on ourselves and going out into the world? I think that's an important step. Um, you know, this, this there has to be an awareness of um, the individual. So I'll put it this way. I tell all my clients that however you're experiencing the world right now, whatever those labels are, they're not your fault, but it is your responsibility to change it, right? They, mm. that negative belief that you picked up, that those labels, they were created based on those past experiences that you grew up in and happened to you. So the brain just absorbs them and creates this. It, it was a way to make it through the world. If I didn't, for example, for me, if I didn't take the label short fat with glasses when I was bullied in school, then I would have had so much friction and I wasn't in a position that I could fight for myself. I, I was very weak, if I can use that word. I was very scared, very timid, and it was easier for me to adopt this label and allow it to happen, you know, to be like butter, to be like water and just kind of go with it. And um, it allowed me to get through that. But that here and here's the catch 22. You don't just drop it when you go to university. 
like for me, I didn't just drop it. I was still short fat with glasses. Doesn't matter if I lost the weight, which I did, and you know had all the girlfriends that I needed or wanted to have, and and you know had I was the cool guy finally. The parties were at my place every weekend. I was still short fat with glasses. I still didn't belong. Didn't matter how many friends I had on Facebook, and it yeah it did. To go back to your what you 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 said earlier is. I had to come to a place where I recognized that I'm, I'm the problem. I am perpetuating this and I need to do something about it. it. Wasn't my fault, but it was my responsibility. I love that phrase. I, I often re- say and relate that I feel like I'm in recovery. And in, in many ways, I am recovering from that older person that I was that I no longer want to be. So with that mentality and mindset. That means that every morning is a new morning that I have to show up deliberately. And, you know, like I can't slack. I have to continue to put in the, the work and the re- basically reinforce all of the things that I did the day before that made the day before a success. What are some things you do today, day in and day out that help that structure remain? Because it, it, it is too easy to quickly fall back into anything, right? There's no like, hey, I've arrived, now I can relax. Well, um, I'm gonna answer your question, and um, you know, I love you, Josh, but uh, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. Please do. There on, uh, when, when people go through this type of transformation that I'm talking about, it's, they, they, they leave with ease. That, you know, life becomes easier because they don't have to to, to go through all the steps again to maintain this mindset. They just are it. It's just them now. And then they step into new behaviors that they want to use to further themselves along that path. So one of them that I do on a regular basis is meditation. I used to be of this of this, you know, philosophy where, you know, I, I was a hater on meditation for a while because I was like, well, you're just, you're just lying to yourself and, you know, you're, you're, but you have to get through the real problems. Well, it's actually, yes, but you also have to, once you eliminate those, the pain, the negative beliefs, and you don't have to go through so much effort to get into this state of positive being is just, you know, basically accessible to you at all, at all times then meditation becomes something even more powerful because there's no there's no negative feedback you know uh, that you're putting out there and blocking what you actually want to attract into your life i agree so much with that i i took on uh, really a, a lifestyle of meditation and um, embracing it a few years ago, having heard it my whole life. Oh, you should meditate. But I resisted it, I guess, like you said. But for me, it was because I just didn't get it. It's like, nah, I, I don't know. I, okay, fine. I'll meditate. I'm, I, I don't know. It just didn't make sense. I didn't know what it was. So you're really not ready until you're ready. And then a few years ago, I was like, it came across my radar. And I was like, well, maybe I should meditate. And then I fell in love with it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is life-changing in so many ways. So I always look for these like, like little, little pieces of things to do day in and day out. And I understand what you're saying about, um, it's not that every day is a struggle to hold on to and keep at bay, but it is, right? It is easy to slack, 
and then lack and then slack a little bit more and then find yourself back into the direction of negative habits. I think that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it can be easy to do that. And, um, when, when the, the negative habits are just eliminated, you don't have that place to fall back into because you just let it go. The brain just lets go of those. It, I, I look at the, at the mind and you know, the human body, the whole essence, our soul as like a tuning fork. And, you know, our vibration is one where it needs to be pure. You know, we can, we, we have to take away any of the, you know, of the gunk that's on that tuning fork that might, you know, taint the, the vibration that we're sending out into the universe. If we clean that up and we eliminate all the stuff that's holding it back, we can, you know, make that vibration as pure as possible. And then it's so much easier to reach that state of bliss that everybody wants to reach. It's so much easier to attract what you need to attract into your life to move up in your evolution. So certainly we can, we can go on for hours. I clearly enjoy and relate to these topics and conversation. If you were to wrap all this up in a bow for us, for the person listening, what are we saying? What's the core message we're hearing? What needs to be done going forward? Back to that, that statement that there's two ways to live your life. You can either live your life in love or you live your life in fear. And you, the listener, I was you, I, I know this, you can go through that fear and you can eliminate it because you do not deserve to live a life in fear. You deserve to live a life of love, to, to live a life of happiness, to live a life of ease. And it is so much more attainable than we might have been programmed to believe. It doesn't have to take you decades to reach there. It can happen very quickly. Some of my clients, it's, it's a weekend. Some of my clients, you know, they go, want to go even further faster. It's, it's just one year, right? When you think about all of the years that we, you know, I spent almost a decade, you know, in, in therapy myself and, it's so much more attainable. There are strategies. There are tools. All you have to do is want it. Want it more than the fear. That goes back to a recurring theme of this conversation. We logically know the bad things we're doing and the bad results we're getting that we don't want. Why does this keep happening? Why can't I have that? I want that. But yet there's that block. So it's really getting honest with yourself as to what's happening, why it's happening, and what you're willing to do to attain. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is such a good point, you know, to, to really put out there. This is when I go back to saying it's not your fault, right? It's your responsibility. Your logical brain knows what you want to do. That's the left hemisphere of your brain. You know logically that I should be a certain way. You know, I've got all the, you know, the, the accolades or whatever it is behind your name. And, and, but the right side of your brain, that's the emotional side of your brain. That's where these past experiences are trapped and you can't eliminate those on your own 
you have to go through a process where you can finally process that information so that you can just let it go. So it's like your two sides of your brain are speaking two different languages. And that's why I love EMDR because it, it's like the translator of those sides of the brain so allows you to actually step into that place of love. Wow. Well, I'm certainly going to, you know, it's, it's new to me. Uh, I'm intrigued. I'm excited. I'm going to look into it and see what's available. How can people continue the conversation with you, Robert? Yeah, I would love to. Um, you know, lots of questions probably will, will, will come up and I'm happy to answer them. So um, you can reach me on my website, grigorcounseling.com with the Canadian spelling because I'm up in Canada um, of counseling and, you know, or reach me on Instagram or Facebook, Grigor Counseling for both. And I'm happy to talk. I'm happy to point you in directions. I'm happy to, I'm just happy to, to give. I'm, I'm all about giving, giving, giving. So just ask away and I'm here to help. You're just happy is what I hear you saying. And for those uh, in the ignorant camp like me as to what exactly the quote unquote Canadian spelling of the word counseling is, I don't know. Is there a, is there a Q in it? Is there an R? I, I'm not sure. L's, two L's. So, oh. so C-O-U-N-S-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. I might have thought that that would have been the American, but I would have been proven wrong, but yet still land on your correct site. So it would have been a win-win somehow altogether. We're going to link to it so you don't have to type it in. But if you don't, why, is there a GregorCounseling.com with one L? Well, there is because I bought the domain, so nobody has. Uh... <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's the logical, smart yeah. step. You are smart. You are amazing, Robert. Thank you for opening up and sharing this very important story, for sharing your story, and for continuing to doing the important work you are doing. Thank you, sir. And thank you so much for continuing to, to host this platform where you can help other entrepreneurs and, and individuals be themselves and, and be their authentic voice because, you know, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. My pleasure. Thank you for noticing and saying so. And thank you everybody for tuning in, whether it's to this very live broadcast right here, or you're catching the replay or catching the audio version in its authentic podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Google Spot, uh, Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you indulge. I appreciate it. Tell a friend and continue to do your good work. We're going to have another episode not too far behind. Until we do, thank you for tuning in. Go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.